inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Outlook. We're back. Yes, we are. Feels kind of strange because this time we are not in the same room. The last couple episodes at least we have been and we've had some yeah. great guests. And we recently celebrated our two-year anniversary. Happy anniversary to us. Which Outlook. was... We first started airing on <laughs> September the 10th, 2018, so this was that was just yesterday was our two-year anniversary officially, as we are re still recording these from home a few days in advance. This is, today is actually <laughs> September 11th that we're recording this, this show. Yep. So officially we're starting our third year on the air right now. That's weird to say, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I was want to share on our social media media here about the anniversary uh, and share the video that was made last year. Um, you know, um, there in the studio that was on the Radio Western YouTube channel, and I I was going to share it, but then yeah, other yesterday things. as the was the anniversary, so that would have been the day, but something else. Yep. Yeah. So I you know what's going on with us and things and. Before we get into today's topics, always good to catch uh, yeah. up a little bit, just because we have had guests on the last while quite a bit. So, yeah, and so I mean, I can't really continue without acknowledging I'm here on the show today. But um, my dog was put down yesterday, uh, so I took her to the vet, took him to the vet, and uh, had him put to sleep because something he went downhill really fast the last month or so, and uh, I wasn't expecting him to. He wasn't. He was barely thirteen. Um, so it sort of was sort of sudden the last few days. It just, the tests came coming back did not look good. He's, he had like diabetes, but then his kidneys were severely uh, damaged and uh, it would have been a lot of trauma on him to deal with that any further. So he wasn't eating anymore the last few days. So it, you know, got bad. But. So 2020 is a great year so far. Yeah, things just keep happening here and we still have four months left pretty much. So, <laughs> Hopefully we'll make it through here and yeah, it's just yep. tough to, and it's just such a change obviously in life for, for all of us, but for you, or at least all of us, I mean, who knew, who knew Dobby, but, um, mm -hmm. you've, just because you've had him for so long since 2008, I guess. So that was when I still lived with you actually in Woodstock at the time before I moved to Toronto and that right. was when I still had my original kidney. It just seems like such a long time ago that your original well, kidney. Well, not technically my right. original. I know. It sounds weird to anyone who might. I've not heard this he had before. had a transplant yeah way back in 99 but uh right on when you got Dobby was actually right around when it started to fail so right right when you headed off to Toronto um yeah. so he Dobby was not a guide dog but I have had a guide dog in the past so it, I got him a year after my guide dog died of cancer so I haven't had the best luck with dogs but I mean they they were they don't live the forever, both dogs obviously. were a little were older at at least to try to they were yeah well yeah they were older than 10 ones. but yeah i know still. anyway it's hard to lose an animal whether it's a guide dog or not and um but this was also would have been hard for me to ever consider getting a, another guide dog as long as i had dobby so as soon as i i, I you know i i, I adopted dobby it, 
sort of took me on a certain trajectory in my life. But you know, uh, so you like, might, so you might consider getting a new guide dog now. No, you know, probably not now during the pandemic. But it's, well, it's yeah. sometimes at the back of my mind. Yeah, same here. But uh, I don't know. That's a show, a topic for another show, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we could probably bring it up with our guest next week because uh, he's had guide dogs too. And yeah, absolutely, we do have. A bunch of guests coming up the next few weeks that we are excited about so stay tuned yeah. to the show we are also i'll keep reminding people and it might get annoying but that's the only way to get it out there is we are now available on spotify and apple podcasts just search for outlook on radio western on those services and i will subscribe us to more podcast services as well tune in and stitcher and all that kind of stuff get on that um but yeah sorry to sorry again about dobby and Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll miss yeah, him. No. He was pretty crazy and barky and everything. He, but he, was... he was a crazy dog. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're dedicating our two-year anniversary episode to Dobby. Yeah, there you go. So what else is going on? So we were also recently on a podcast that you lined up mm-hmm. called I Can't See You. You can go to that podcast and check it out at I Can't the letter C, the letter U, dot com. And this is a podcast hosted by David Goldstein or Goldstein. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, maybe just talk, um, maybe if you want to talk for a minute about how you connected with him in the first place and how that came about. So um, I've just made several friends in the, dis- in the blindness and disability community um, in the last five or so years through blogging and like even like when they they don't live near me, but we've connected, you know, online and stuff. And um, so one of them will lead me to another one, and I'll have a <laughs> I'll meet new people through that. So I met um, David through um, Maxwell, who we have had. We had little um, bits. We had some bits a of him little on the bit show. Of him uh, one on the show. One time, com- sometime coming up, we'll have him on the show as well. Yeah, he's in Texas. So a lot of them are are, are American based uh, because that's just where a lot of activists yeah and, and we are working are. we are working we do have some guests coming up from canada and we're working to do it's it's tough to to get it, everything on this show because canadian content yeah we really we, we really want to keep up the canadian content local content anything we can get there as well but it's also important mm-hmm. to look at the the entire world and the u.s and mm-hmm. so anyway i we found david that way and he's so he was in pennsylvania right uh and the three of us had a nice chat um, I think so. Yeah, it was a really great it's, discussion and just yeah. great to get the word out there and to, to see other podcasts that are that are talking about blindness. His tagline is blind people for dummies. And I think <laughs> he's he still has some sight, but I, he's losing yeah. sight or it doesn't. So he's he's adjusting to right. sight loss and uh, or blindness, I guess you could say. Just um, so, yeah, just a different perspective from him. And it was a neat mm-hmm. podcast to be a part of. Yeah, he, he's a nice guy to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. So go to I can't the letter C, the letter U dot com, look up our episode, or you can search I can't see you on podcast services. Mm, I'm following him. Me too. <laughs> and he's following us as well on Apple Podcasts at Outlook on Radio Western. Nice. All right, enough plugs. Uh let's get to some uh feedback for our show. Yeah, it's nice when you hear that you know so you know somebody has been listening. Sometimes yeah. feel like you're talking into the into nothingness or something. 
Um, but yeah, so we got a few nice um, comments and things recently. I don't know if you want to yeah. cover those or yeah. So um, Tim Tim Glasgow is the station manager, and he sent us an email a few weeks ago. Now I guess it was three weeks ago, maybe when we had our episode about the bike lanes. I think we were talking about and um, right a bunch of topics on that show. But yeah, just he sent an email and said, "On Outlook, you folks just thanked Radio Western for the ability to broadcast." As the recently returned station manager, I want to thank you for doing Outlook. It's frank and compelling radio that I enjoy listening to. So thanks to Tim Glasgow, station manager for sending frank that along. Frank and compelling. Yeah, that is, nice... that is uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's, that's our feedback. goal with this show. And yeah, as creators of the show, it's always nice to hear some listener feedback and. You can always send your feedback to Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. But yeah. Yeah, thanks. we we love to have conversations about this stuff. <laughs> but yeah, no, again, we like to um we always like to acknowledge um the support of Radio Western who's given us this this platform in their airwaves to begin with the last two years now and uh going forward still and, and we're doing it even though it's virtual now. For now anyways. Yeah, we we adapt and we keep things going. Mm-hmm. No matter what, so that's what we do. These things just don't go away, you know. When there's there's other no. obviously important things going on, but this disability right. stuff is always. It's hard to sort through it all because there's so much going on, and I feel sick about a lot of it most of the time. But again, we try to, you know, want to stay current. We want to stay current, but we also want to stay Canadian sometimes because there's so much going on right here. For sure, uh, we got we got some other feedback and perspective. Uh, from our brother, actually, as well. But we're gonna we're gonna save that one until next week because we have a topic, a surprise topic next week that it connects with actually in some way. Yeah, so I think it's it'll... got a musical. It's got a musical connection. Yeah. If we'll, anybody out there is a fan of, we'll um, tease it maybe at the end. Say what the yeah song is. Sure. Uh, that inspired the next week's episode. Sure. Um, and yeah, we've had some faithful listeners as well. Yeah, um, someone sort of local, uh, so in the London area, I guess. Then, yeah, we don't we don't often do been, shout outs on the show, but I think no, we don't. But we we like to acknowledge somebody who's been sort of, you know, listening to us for a while now, and and seems to keep listening, and we appreciate that. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you want to give her a shout out or. Sure. Thanks, Katie. Katie Morgan. Yeah. Thanks to Katie Morgan for <laughs> you were taking a while to say the, her name, so I didn't. Oh, know. sorry, you were taking a while. <laughs> the, we don't like talking over each other. Siblings, yeah. The the, the, the awkwardness of or just the 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 technique of doing a radio show and trying to not talk over each other and figure out who's mm-hmm. going to say what takes a bit. It's of been planning. two years. We're learning it. For sure, but I just think with a listener like like Katie Morgan here who we found out she's a listener just based on our Facebook pages. Neither of us have ever met mm-hmm. her specifically. No, and it's my social media posts when I when I share these these episodes and things. She's always very supportive there and sharing, of course, and, and liking our posts, my posts. So that's... Yeah, so we just really appreciate that. And it's also, again, it goes to show, like, it's great when friends and family listen to a show that you do, but really you want to expand out of that group and get this stuff out there for a greater population. So when you hear of people that you don't actually personally know commenting on, on the show and liking the show and everything, it just, it just means a lot. So 
Yeah, and at, and at the same time, like it said, it helps you realize that that you do have an audience, even if you don't always realize it. They're out there and listening. So for yeah, sure. thanks to all to all of um the people we mentioned there so far for for everything and. Uh, but I guess um, for this first half hour, I wanted to just sort of talk about a few things in the news, a few articles and things. Um, so last week we had Mary Ellen Gabius on the show. She is the uh, president of the Canadian Federation of the Blind. And uh, we wanted to have her on for a while, and we finally did. And so maybe go check out our, our previous episode for, for that interview. Uh, she sort of explains um, how, the, how she got involved and actually being born in the U.S., how she got here to Canada and what she's been doing here the last 30 years. And which includes the CFB, which we are now a part of. And that's how we, we met her through that. So, yeah, it's a great interview. Got got to speak with her. And uh, it just got us talking about a bunch of stuff there. Right, Bri? Um, and then we shared a few articles about it. So she was sort of talking, we were sort of discussing about um, the difference between Canada and the U.S. in how different disability groups advocate, specifically groups about um about blindness uh the national federation of the blind versus us here in canada um and so we asked her as a being born american we asked her uh she's sort of seen up close both countries what she thinks about that and and then we saw these articles that were in the globe and mail right and uh yeah so there are two articles actually that we found the the second was mm -hmm. referenced in this first one that we originally mm -hmm. found um it was posted to the cfb mailing list and again go to cfb.ca to check out everything about our organization that we're part of mm -hmm. um i don't want to say our I like organization it. <laughs> it makes it sound like we're the only ones or we we started it we're just involved with anyone who wants to be involved well, I like to sum up what she, the quote Mary Ellen used last week was she said that we are the, uh, the rootiest of grassroots organizations. <laughs> right. How we, <laughs> people kind of find us. We don't necessarily go out there yeah, and really it's try It's organic. To, yeah. It's, it's more of an organic thing that people connect with over time eventually when they come across us. But um, yeah, so cfb.ca and there is a mailing list you can subscribe to. Um, you can always just send an email to info at cfb.ca to get more in info, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, someone shared this article to the list called The Power of One, a United Disability Movement Would Undermine Our Individual and Unique Needs. Mm -hmm. And this was written by someone named Stephen Fletcher from the Gold Globe and Mail, as you said. And Fletcher is the first permanently disabled person to have been elected to the Canadian Parliament. He served for four terms and was also the first permanently disabled federal cabinet minister. He was left a quadriplegic at the age of 23 after an automobile collision with a moose. That's how, isn't that very Canadian? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And he resides in Manitoba mm -hmm. at the moment. So, yeah... I don't know. These articles both touch a lot. The, the kind of the main overall theme is that, or I guess this wouldn't be, maybe be the theme, but the the thing that sparked these was this this six hundred dollar payment that Ottawa announced a one time payment to Canadians with disabilities, mm -hmm. which is supposed to help with the costs associated with COVID nineteen, and it just received which... royal assent recently. 
Um, Maybe we should just a quick, quick explain what, um, when we say extra expenses, sort of just a quick example of that would be like, you know, um, it just, it takes a lot of more extra work to get groceries, to get, to go and do an essential errands and, and stuff like that. You know, like there are extra expenses. I mean, of course, everybody has expenses. If you have a car, you have expenses that blind people obviously don't have. Well, yeah, the ones that, the ones that would tie like specifically into the, the pandemic too is, is that transit was harder to take. So you'd have to take more cabs, more Ubers and cabs. And yeah. yeah, just getting, getting groceries assistance was tough was more difficult just with social distancing and everything is normally you'd go in there and you get assistance from someone. So a lot of times had to get people had to get groceries delivered, um, mm-hmm. which is a lot more expensive than just, just going to the store. And um, it's, it, it can take longer now that everybody during pandemic or more people dis- disabled or not were, we're trying that. Yeah, you'd go to, try to get on waiting lists. You'd have to wait three or four weeks. And then at that point, how do you even know what you need or what's going to run out? And how does anyone, mm-hmm. you know, it's, Anyway, so yeah, so um, this is this big payment, which uh, should be more uh, well talked about, because as we like to point out, for some reason, disability doesn't seem to get enough attention in society, whereas it, to, to us, it makes no sense. Because, you know, most people have had maybe a temporary disability, an injury, or become disabled later in life. Um, with or us being born with a disability, or you've had someone in your life, uh, someone you love who does, or you work with someone who does, or, you know. So um, it just seems like the point of the one article here is that um, we, we're kind of thought of last. And <laughs> I pointed that out before when it comes to m- minorities, right? Usually they list uh, race, gender, um, ethnicity, you know, sexual orientation, and then disability is usually last. So, you know, we're not like trying to jockey in front of other yeah, minorities. Again, we're just it's saying never, it's that. never a competition. It's just you, no. you look at trends and you start to you start to wonder and just have questions about certain things. And the fact is that mm-hmm. we still haven't received that six hundred dollars. I think we're supposed to be getting it sometime soon. But again, this this has been talked about now for for a few months or at least a couple months. Because obviously, right at the beginning of it, you know, people needed to stay home, and so they needed to work on people. Um, the serve obviously, and uh, you know, then they took care of seniors with their con- unique concerns and students, and sort of disability was sort of last, and it's still, it's just been sort of, yeah, like you said, it's just kind of interesting how this, this, the, this money is hasn't come, and it's you know already September or October where the pandemic, not it's obviously not over, but things are a little more stable now. When the time was when you really maybe needed that extra help, it mm-hmm. wasn't there yet. So that, but I, and I, again, you understand that there's so many places they need to, to assist at that time and it's hard yeah. to get to everyone in time, but yeah, it's just something to think about. So we found these two articles that are basically arguing two different points. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the first article written by Stephen Fletcher is, is this, this opinion of that, the power of one that uh, the movement um, undermines individuals if it's if it's a more of a collective movement and needs to be more individual. And mm-hmm. the point one of the one of the points that he really talks about a lot in this, and he is a paraplegic himself, um, so he has a disability. Um, right. But he he points out a lot the fact that um, that there is no clear single definition of disability. Um, nor cl- a collective agreement among people with disabilities. And mm. so 
the point is, it is tricky if you if you lump disability as one thing because yeah, there are blind people, paraplegics, deaf people. Like, there's so many different invisible, you know, visible disabilities. Things that are just recently becoming disability, right? There, for a long time, certain conditions weren't considered disability so much. Um, where you know, blindness is obvious disability, but certain some of the invisible ones, um, chronic pain or something you know, autoimmune things, those weren't always considered disabilities, but they are disabling in, in a lot of ways. So. But I just want to quote yeah. something else he says here where he says, um, while see, this is a, this is from Fletcher, who is not blind, he says, while mm-hmm. complete blindness is, in my view, a disability, so that's in his view, he <laughs> says, the CNIB Foundation website declares that people who are blind can do almost anything, they just do it differently. So... Again, some people might argue if you're blind, you're using this word disability. It's a negative word. Can you really not? Do, do you really have? You know, it's it's a tough thing because technically, I would still say yes, it is a disability in my opinion. But I also get how some people don't like using that term or or don't want to use it because they think that that undermines it holds who they us are. back or yeah. something. It holds society back to thinking that to keep thinking pity and and you know charity and all those sort of negative things that we're trying to get away from in society. Um, but yet, like you said, it's very complicated because a lot of blind people have other disabilities, you know, also on top of it. And uh, that can make things more challenging to, you know, to get employment or, um, you know, to, to thrive in society. So, um, that's sort of what I was talking about the last couple months here when I was attending, uh, Every Sunday, I would attend on Zoom uh, what was called Virtual Crip Camp, which was like a summer camp, I guess, is the theme. But it was it was centered around this documentary that came out called Crip Camp, which we talked about on the show before. So maybe check out a past episode. Um, but that sort of wrapped up here the last few weeks. Uh, they were just different advocacy uh, experts who came on and spoke to everybody about, you know... Um, spirituality and disability and internal ableism and all the different things that that everybody deals with and so that was my chance to be out of like something like the cfb where it was all blind people and into dropped into a wider group of disability and so i i was in this you know we have a facebook group now and we i i get to hear all these different opinions and it's mostly from people with so many other disabilities and it can get really complicated because Someone with it who's blind comes up against different barriers than somebody in a wheelchair. So, you know, this guy's arguing that it's just too hard to come together as dis- people with disabilities in Canada to, you know, move the needle on things. That you get further maybe if you um, simplify it or, or break each, it down. We are each a mini- minority of one, and in many cases, we should agitate as such and Hmm. um wow so i i agree in the sense of i think it is really hard (laughs) for all disabilities to work together in a sense Mm -hmm. like we have to we have to obviously empathize with these other with other disabilities the best we can as or ever everyone Mm -hmm. should whether you have a disability or not but i do think disabilities are so different so i don't know if you can quite compare them this these movements exactly to the same as Me Too or or um, 
Black Lives Matter or any of these other movements because they're those are different in a way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of people think that there's there's Black Lives Matter hashtag, and then there there was the Me Too movement before that kind of or well, not I guess they both started a while ago but um you know it's so what is there for disability like that for us to ever get get that I just, recognized i just but. kind of feel like what what our what our goal is is one all disabilities working together in some ways is a good thing but i do think we still have to focus on the disabilities that we know most about which is why mm-hmm. as blind people well, we work we run the canadian federation of the blind we advocate for that more specifically we can't just have one Mary organization Ellen. advocating for all disabilities all the time because there mm-hmm. are they are very different and they have to have separate organizations and then at for the point uh, as to as to it being one organization um for everyone uniting together it, can't, it won't end up just being one. What we want is more organizations where people unite so that, that there are options. We're not forced into one organization that we right. all have to be Because in. nobody likes that, to be feeling like they, they have to follow the lead of everyone else. They might want to find a place where they feel like they fit in, and that might not be where you expect it, expect it to. So, yeah, um, I guess that's what Mary Ellen pointed out on our last show about that we do support other movements and uh, other minority groups because they often intersect with blindness. But yeah, we, we don't want to start acting like we know what other groups of people are going through, you know? So that's a big thing. And here in Canada, it is different than the U S it just, it just is. But yeah, I just don't, I just think for, yeah, for example, we're, as the, as, as the Canadian Federation of the blind, we're an or- organization that we want to all unite and work together, but, we still want to we, we our focus is still on the individual in in many ways we're you know we're if any person has any sort of issue or anything that they want to discuss they're welcome to bring it to us and we'll find people that for them to talk to and mm-hmm. we'll, it's it's it is very individual based and my but it still is a collective overall and i just think mm-hmm. this whole individual thing is sure in theory it sounds great yeah we want but it's just much harder to get anything out there if you're do- doing it on your own and this the world in general now with a lot of things is kind of coming down to every person for themselves especially with this pandemic Aww. where it's and I just I always think back to that and I just think this whole individual issue is a problem because I think we need to we need to work as one we can't be keep saying oh we're all so different so we always have to keep working on our own I just don't think that that's in my opinion yeah, so this other article that's um, referenced in the Stephen one, Stephen's article, is about uh, sort of the opposite view. Yeah, that... it's called It's Time to Unify the Disability <laughs> Movement, written God. by Al Atmansky and Kathleen O'Grady. And both of these individuals are parents of uh, right. children with disabilities, um, one with As Down said... syndrome and one with, uh, with autism. Yeah, as we said, that's important to distinguish, right? That um, you have a close enough tie to disability. So you said the kind of things that those two fought fight for are for their children, and they fight to, um, you know, the kind of integration that we believe in also, right? And, and you know, getting rid of institutions from the past and, and sort of that sort of stuff. They've done They've done great work, both of them, it sounds like, right? For sure, yeah. So it has a, obviously had a, an effect on them, and they've done they've done important mm-hmm. work regarding that. 
you know, and we, we understand, you know, we've talked before about our parents and the kind of advocacy they had to do in the early years and how we've kind of taken over that role a bit now that we've become adults and taken on our own, our own affairs, our own lives. But, um, it was just such an interesting contrast. If you can find these two articles, this article in the Globe and Mail, check it out. Uh, yeah, I would highly recommend checking both of these out, giving them a read. We won't go into much further detail. We're almost here at the halfway point to mm-hmm. take a break. Um, but we just wanted Again, to touch a, on those. It's a big, a big, big, big discussion. Yeah, the discussion of individual versus collective and... And who's going to get left behind in a, some, in a situation like a pandemic, right? To, to make sure we don't leave people with disabilities behind, they're the last to be thought of uh, when really it's it's such a wide um, group of people in the population. And it, sh- it deserves more attention. And we're not really sure why. It's the kind of thing that I guess it's, uh, it's, these things are uncomfortable and people don't want to. And who's responsible, right? Federal government, provincial, territorial governments. Uh, it, it all comes down to politics and, and social justice things. But yeah, I wanted to just highlight those things. Since we just talked to Mary Ellen and we just discussed what the role of the Canadian Federation of the Blind could be here in Canada, um, what it's been or what it could be going forward. Great. Well, we're going to take a quick break, listen to some ads, and we'll be right back with more Outlook on Radio Western. Welcome back. This is Outlook on Radio Western. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. <laughs> yes. So, and what? we are back. We are back for the second half to talk about um, the Canadian Federation of the Blind and our publication that we have. Um, it's called The Blind Canadian. <laughs> it's a magazine, um, and it just sort of gives perspective from blind people in Canada. And I happen to think, as <laughs> fairly new assistant editor on this project, on this um, project, that. More people should check it out. So anytime you want to, it's there under publications. It's right up there on the main page because it just came out on our cfb.ca website. Right. But um, but yeah, I recently became assistant editor, and I'm still learning the ropes. Um, been a writer for a while, but this more of an editor sort of stuff's new to me. But uh, I'm really proud of this publication here in Canada, and uh, we are we now have released issue 17 this summer. So we're trying to promote that a bit this month, or this fall here, because uh, but, like because like a lot of stuff, like you said, how we want we ho- hope pe- more people might read this because it just yeah. isn't known that well and isn't talked about that much. And the more we can get these things into the mainstream and talked about a little bit, the well, yeah, the, blindness is such a such a foreign thing to most people. It's it, it's scary. It's it's they don't understand it. They don't you know you don't realize some well, a lot of the things we we deal with but i'll just sort of quickly say the um, what what we are and maybe we'll check it out if you are interested uh, the blind canadian is the flagship publication of the canadian federation of the blind as i said cfb and it covers the events and activities of the cfb it addresses issues we face as blind people and highlights our members you know so like i said mary ellen pointed out on our last episode that one thing they like to do with CFB and her as president and being involved this, this long with it the last 20 or so years is that they like to give um, newer people who, like we said, come across them organically, like we kind of did, um, the opportunity to um, grow as le- in, in leadership roles and take on things that they might not have 
thought possible, you know, like me, I, I've been a writer for a while, but I, I sort of still had a lot of, um, yeah, you just, a lot of the common writer feelings that you have, uh, you know, uh, you're not good enough or whatever. So they're giving me the chance to, to learn from the editor and, um, work on this magazine. And I'm proud of that. So the blind Canadian, uh, as a magazine, just like the CFB in general, um, offers a positive philosophy about blindness. Like we said, as Mary Ellen pointed last out last week, you know, blindness can be challenging. It can be painful, but we don't want this. We don't want society or even people who are newly going blind or any of us to think that that's all it is. So that's why we, we promote the positive philosophy about that. Right. Um, for sure. To, to, to blind readers and the public at large. And it serves as a vehicle for advocacy and uh, protection of human rights, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. It addresses social concerns affecting the blind. It discusses issues related to employment, education, and uh, legislation, and re- rehabilitation, which is something I don't think a lot of people know much about, that last one, but we'll get into that another time. Um it talks about products and technology used by the blind, uh, helping us tell each other what's out there and what's possible. Tells the stories of blind people, basically, is the thing. And as we said, also, if you have anything um, anything you want to write about related to blindness, feel free to submit at editor at cfb.ca. Yeah, and you mentioned all those different topics that it discusses, but there are no limits to topics, really, if it if nope. uh, if if we send you send in the article, the editor will check it out, and if it's something that we th- they think fits, then uh, you're all good to go. So, right. Um, so yeah, like we said, the the, the issues are available on the website uh, in PDF format or also just, um, just right there as HTML. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the re- most recent one just came out a couple weeks ago, and yeah, there will be a, they make a few hard copies. Uh, a little different now with the pandemic, but there will be a few that they send out to different places, I guess. Like, yeah, like we said, we want Paul. Basically, we we want politicians to sort of stand up and take notice of of that we're here. So that's why we we've had in the past we've liked to send them to, um, for instance, for to politicians' offices. But um, so I guess I'll just sort of run through a few of the, the things you could find in this issue, and uh, hopefully that piques people's interest. Yeah, always want to talk about this this magazine on the show. So, mm-hmm. so um, what what we do is we we have a mix usually of like we said originally sub- submitted articles, um, and we do some reprints. Um, so we've talked about it in recent weeks. Uh, we talk about as we as I just said a minute ago, human rights. So that uh, would include this bike lane case that we've referenced. And so there were a few articles written in some Vancouver papers in the last one to two years. And uh, now we have a brand new campaign on Canada Helps about this bike lane issue, which is a safety uh, issue. Right. And you can find more out about that if you go to, well, in the Blind Canadian, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you go to cfb.ca, you can also find a link to the Canada Helps page and read up on that as well. Yeah. Um, So that's one that we could get into. But um, again, it gets pretty intense, the discussion. (laughs) Um, And we have talked about before. Yeah, there is our episode from three weeks ago. We talk about it and it comes up briefly on the Mary Ellen episode that we did last week. Mm -hmm. And we will. It's not it's not over totally yet. So we'll we'll definitely talk about it in more greater detail. 
you know, you and I have less experience with actual human rights cases, but we do, um, we are getting more involved with the advocacy part of it. And, uh, so yeah, it's a safety issue. And again, we don't want to, you know, it's, you know, people with disabilities, blind people, we're not more important than, than people who want to help the environment and want to ride their bicycle to work, but, um, we got to be safe for everybody. But I did want to quickly point out that, uh, that we do want to, um, we do, we are appreciative of the Victoria Foundation and the uh, federal government for a generous grant, which has helped us produce this magazine because it's it's educational out, outreach, as we call it. For sure, and now with with COVID and everything too, they they offered oh, uh, yeah. some grants for for organizations and um, yeah, it's just it, it is important really for outreach to get this stuff out there. So this mm-hmm. magazine is a perfect example of that yeah so like you said covid is a big thing right now so we definitely wanted an an article uh having to do with that in this issue uh and we uh thankfully we got one from uh elizabeth lalonde who we haven't had on the show yet but maybe this fall sometime we got her perspective briefly on the uh on the episode we did about just over a month ago about the national federation of the blind convention so she has been on on her show kind of but we'll have her right I mean, yeah, in person. Yeah. Sometime. Um, But um, she wrote an article, a a great article about some of the challenges that we have actually talked about that too on the show, but some of the challenges specifically that blind people have been dealing with during the pandemic. So Elizabeth's article is called The The Blind Community and COVID-19 Crisis, Adapting to Life in a Pandemic. Right? Sounds fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. and of course, as I said, we have reprints. So there, um, we did an episode a couple months back about the death of uh, children's author, Canadian children's author Jean Little, uh, who died this year. So we we always send requests to the to those um, newspapers to see if we can um, get permission for reprints. So we put her, uh, I guess, her obituary in the hair, which is a. I'm not sure how many people are familiar with her, but uh, we do an episode about her a few months ago. We did. So. We did. I, I'm. I think she's. I, I'm going to check out more of her books in the future. But uh, so yeah, that's sort of a current events sort of topic. The is pandemic, anything, obviously. Is there anything fun in this magazine? Nope, nothing just, fun. I'm just. I, I I'm not one of those people that says, "Oh, why does the news have to be so depressing?" Mm-hmm. It's because it's the news and it's what's happening. So we have to what's going go on, along but... with it. So it's going to be like that. But yeah, it's just some of this stuff is pretty. Pretty. No, well, I mean. Yeah, well, I guess the next one I was going to mention is the next one uh, we is called um, arrested while wanting to grab a cup of coffee. (laughs) That sounds cheery, right? Yeah. And, you know, you know, arresting, being arrested and, you know, cops and their overreach and that stuff's been in the news lately. So it's sort of sort of tied to that a bit. Um, We had Ben Fulton on, on our show Back right before we left the studio there, yeah, right? right before all this craziness. And unfortunately, after I basically answered the question that I was asked the second time, the male officer placed his hand on my wrist and said, I'm arresting you for mischief. And that was the part of the situation I found was the, the most shocking to me was that the, the cops were not, you know, enforcing the, you know, BC Human Rights Code. The, the laws I understood it, um, and, you know, my understanding was fairly well informed by, you know, a recently attained legal education. This 
article is a transcript pretty much of that interview. Right. So I basically, yeah, I listened back to it and I just I transcribed it. And so now it's in print in our magazine. Uh, some people would rather probably hear the episode and that's great. And we still um, promote that and hope to have him actually on again once. There have been a few more recent developments, but we're letting things play out. And he's got he's got it all under control there, Ben. He's actually just graduated from law school. So he's the ideal guy to take this on, uh, this experience he had with his guide dog out in BC. But um so that's, uh, that's a transcript of that interview. Um, I guess if you want to talk about lighter things. Um, I want to talk about both. I just, I was just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, you maybe, you know, we're, we, we're not YouTube with cute cat videos, but we're all right. Um, people submit things like, so somebody uh, attended one of, our, of the NFB in the States, the National Federation of the Blind Conventions, two years ago in Las Vegas. And um, we at the CFB, we raise money and we help people get to these conventions who maybe can't afford to, uh, and then help them see, you know, that they can take a greater role in, in leadership, like we said. So um, there's a, a letter in the magazine, this, this issue from a gentleman who attended one of those con- conventions, and he just wanted to thank uh, the CFB for helping out, which it's good, like to see that we're actually making a difference, right? Yeah, it's like we were talking about at the top of the show today with the feedback we're getting. We got from the manager and Tim and our listeners. You know, it's it just helps. It, it it's always good to to have that that feedback and those those testimonials from people and those thank you notes. Just it, it shows the 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 effect that this can have on on people. Right. Um. So that's that. Then we have an article uh, from Maggie, uh, which hasn't been on our show yet either but she has um, been running this group for the last um year and it's called kernels of hope so it's kind of like a support group we basically help each other and talk through some of the issues that that we might encounter in um being blind so that group's been going on monthly for about for over a year now so she wrote this wonderful article just sort of saying um how it's helped her being able to run the group and uh, helped her own, you know, life and feeling like she's contributing and um, having a place for others to go. So she wrote an article, which is light enough. She's just explaining the positive effect it's had. Yeah, and those so. those kernels of hope calls. Uh, anyone can anyone can be on the call, even if you're not a member of the the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Anyone can be on those calls. And again, for anything, go to. Mm cfb.ca or send an email to info at cfb.ca if you have any questions about how to join or how to or how to go on, get onto those calls but yeah that 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 can be both positive and negative because you're 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 helping it's 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 a it's a it's a confidential group where you get to open up to each other um, mm-hmm. and, and keep things again like i said under wraps but it's 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 a it's a way to open up and discuss any issues you might be having as a blind person or any tips or tricks or good things that have been happening or um again she she picks a topic every week and you'll learn more about it if you read the article and in the future when we have her on the show but yeah it's just it's just a great a great place to not not feel like you're just doing these cases or whatever it may be and it's it's a bit more personal and just um welcoming for anyone mm-hmm so yeah, she just—it's a great—it's a great article summing up how 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 the group's kind of taken shape, and and that's great. Um, I've actually gotten 
now that it's my second issue as assistant editor, I've been given a column every every time. You know, obviously I contribute to the magazine, and I like I said, I transcribe the interview that uh, Ben Fulton, the editor, was looking forward to having on in this in this issue. Um, but as far as that goes, um, I wrote my first editorial in this issue, and I guess. I'm not sure if we talked about this on the show, but it's a sort of each each issue will be me talk, tackling it's a subject that's on my mind, whatever that might be in the news, right? Uh, or what something that's affected me in recent times, sort of some of the issues I've been dealing with. And for this issue, my first one it won't be so much of a surprise to you, but maybe the listeners um, who don't know me um, that it's this sort of issue I've had here in Ontario with my library in in, in my town. Um, just trying to get libraries to get with it in, in the 21st century and not sort of punt us off to the CNIB or some other live, you know, some library because Braille is, is totally out I mean, of it their is, It is reach. referred to, the libraries are referred to as public libraries. Right. So why, why accessible to the public, which is every, everyone. And the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the point of those libraries in a lot of ways is for people that have hard, harder time getting access to information and it should be, that's why it's free for all, right? Yeah, exactly. And the library was always that place that you could go if you, you know, if you didn't have a lot of money, you know, you know, yeah, I exactly. love books, but if I want, if I buy every book I, I might want to read, that could add up, right? So there's a library is always supposed to be there. But of course, you walk through a library and if you're blind, you can't just pick up a, a print book off the shelf and then go check it out. Um, so... That's always been hard on me as I've lost more of my sight. So I wrote this editorial just discussing the last few years and the struggle I've had trying to promote this thing called NELS, which is National Network for Equitable, Li Equitable Library Service. National Network just... for Equitable Library Service. I just wanted to repeat that because your connection cut out slightly. Plus, it's a it's a mouthful. Oh, people it? might people might forget. It is. I, you know what? It took me almost. It took me more than a year or two to even memorize <laughs> how the, uh, how you word it. But um, it basically incorporates us into our public libraries, so we're not separate. And there's ways of doing that, which I can get into. Yeah, check it, it out. Check out my editorial because it's. Um, and just again, it's something some that most people up don't think about. NS and NELS as well, and. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about it more in greater detail on the shows, obviously, and we we already have as well. But yeah, it's I just lost I lost my connection there, um, but I don't really know who's running things over there right now. But we should probably contact somebody in the future and try and get them on the show to talk more about it because you know we're not the experts on it. Still, I'm still learning about it. And but with technology in the 21st century, there's ways of making people who aren't able to rent, read print due to a, a physical disability. Yeah, there's ways I mean of you know, and obviously, a part of it. obviously, and I think Mary Ellen kind of pointed this out last week on the show, is that they can't, they're not going to have every book in every library in Braille, obviously. It just takes up way too much space and, and of stuff. Of course. But, but integrating some Braille into a library and having some print Braille books for, for kids or, or for blind parents to, to, to read to their sighted kids, just having even mm -hmm. something simil simple like that in, in a library, you know, is, a, is, is, is something. And, and in, in this, the NNELS is integrating into public libraries instead of having a separate library exactly. that, w that we would have to go to. Um, I don't know if you remember this. When we had uh, Caroline Grabowski on uh, a couple weeks back, she said she first discovered Braille. She checked out a print Braille book from her library. 
I'm not sure if I'm remembering that correctly. But. I, I remember she said she picked up, she found a print Braille book. I can't remember where. It might have been at a library. Because you, you wouldn't again, necessarily think that there would be any any of them there. And right? it, it's hard to say, too. That's that's in the, she was in Ohio, right? So who knows in the U.S. what their well, whole well, system, of course. obviously. True. Deal with the Library of Congress. and. True, yeah. They have a whole different system down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's it would be nice to have one shelf even in the children's section of print braille books, so that kids wandering around their, the, you know, the children's section will pick up one and say, "What is this?" And if the parent does not know about braille at all, they can, um, you know, ask a librarian or learn about it with their child, or they can explain it to them. And it just introduces children early on to the concept of braille as a thing, even if they're not going to read it. Like Caroline, <laughs> check out that episode; that's awesome. Um, most sighted people don't learn braille, obviously, but uh, just to have it normalized. Yeah, a lot of it just, just be like your the word that you used that I liked on pre- previous episodes was demystifying braille, mm. um, and I think that's it. It's, it's it's so mysterious to a lot of people; they just don't. They think it's this this secret, these weird symbols that don't even represent the alphabet. Some people might think so. It's <laughs> and they're not even sure. I don't think so. so. Even leaving, even having some regular books of braille in the library too. Just, just so people see it, even if they're not going to do anything with it, or it just gives people more awareness that it's out there and it is used and it's normalizes mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So that's my editorial for um, this issue, issue seventeen this summer. But uh, stay tuned for the next issue. Um, I will have a whole new topic to discuss, and I, I mean, it's, I guess it's a bit of a rant, uh, but I try to, I, 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 I do uh, put it through the editor of the Blind Canadian. Uh, before it gets put in the magazine, so right. it's cleaned up a little bit because you know there could have been some curse words in my, in and my original. Some, and that's always the thing is when we're so passionate, and a lot of these issues we talk about yeah. can get pretty passionate, and sometimes people do get angry and stuff. But that's never. It's hard when you really. It's something that you is so important to you, but it is really important to to stay calm and really look into <laughs> something and and yeah, take both like, sides. No, yeah, and, yeah. Educate yourself and and. Um, yeah, that's why it's good to have never, an editor. Anger never gets anyone anywhere, in my opinion. Really. Well, it it fuels you for to a certain extent, but um, yeah. So who knows what I'll tackle next issue in my editorial? But um, find out here first. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, this magazine is basically a record of things in Canada. So if you're talking about fun things, here's one for you. Members elect national executive board for 2020. 2021 which um that is sort of including you there and we've mentioned this before and i think mary ellen said it last last episode how you were elected a national treasurer yes Yes, for that so so your name is mentioned there yeah so we're both in the magazine i was Mm -hmm. elected back in june so been learning a lot with that actually and uh we'll oh yeah i just found your name Oh. Yeah, you, you. I mean, you're better at math than me, so I'm in a magazine. Seems more natural. You're in a magazine. So are you. And you can not, be too if you're listening right now. It's not People magazine. It's the Blind Canadian magazine. <laughs> it's not Rolling Stone. It's the Blind Magazine. Um. Yeah. So. And uh, it's nice. We always actually end the ish- every issue with some recipes. So there's something nice and light, right? That's true. Yeah. And if somebody's out there thinking that blind people would have trouble cooking, uh, you know, the editor is um, 
she sounds like one hell of a cook. I've never actually had her at cooking, but she's the one who always contributes at the end of each issue these recipe, a few recipes. So, uh, yeah, if you want to, what was the recipe it, for in this one? I think it was blueberry muffins. Oh, doesn't sound that doesn't done, that sound delicious? I haven't actually done a ton of ton of baking. <clears throat> I do I do cook a lot. I'm um, cook spaghetti and meat sauce and vegan stew is one of the things I really like to make and burritos and so many different things, but I haven't really done a ton of baking. Um, it's just no, I, you don't. And again, it's not that I can. I just live on my own. I make my meals. Yeah, well, I, I'm not so good at cooking, but again, it's what Mary Ellen said last episode was you might start to think, oh, I'm blind and I'm not good at cooking or someone might think if you're blind, you maybe can't cook. Or sometimes you're just not good at something. Yeah, it's like, or any, you're just gr- it's not like any group of people. Interested. Some people are going to be good cooks. Some people aren't. Doesn't Whether you're blind or not doesn't make a difference in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am speaking about the blind Canadian here today because the editor, um, I think she'd rather stay <laughs> as editor and doing the writing and editing, um, have me speak about it. Uh, but um, we do, again, want to send some huge thanks to a retired treasurer, right? when you took over for Graham McCreeth for as many years of dedicated service to the CFB. For sure. Yeah. No, Graham McCreeth is, is great. And we will have him on the show as well. One of these days, hopefully. We'll, oh, we'll yeah. See. He wrote a book that, that everybody would love to read, I'm sure. No, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's actually a very um, eye-opening book. The Politics of Excuse Blindness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that a read soon. I, I read some of it before, but I never quite finished. So I'm going to give that a read soon and... Um, yeah, it's great, great that he got mentioned in the magazine as he did retire back in June. And it's, it's, it's one of those jobs that goes up and down. Sometimes it's busy, you know, near mm-hmm. the end of the month when invoices and things have to get paid and notes have to be kept and organized. And then other times it's not as much, but it's, it's, it's a learning experience for me. And, and he did a great job at it for so long. And yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, it, I guess it could be a thankless job at times. <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, so I think it's like I think it's like a lot of jobs where, you know, around when it gets around tax season, that's when you really have to submit all the books and have everything organized. So that's going to be a little crazy next year, but uh, we'll figure it out as we mm-hmm. go. Yeah, I mean, it's harder to do fundraising and, and the, the things we were doing. We, we got to switch it up. And if next year COVID's still going on and we need to have a virtual convention, like. That's one other thing mentioned here in the magazine that we do a little um, article about the National Federation of the Blind 2020 convention going virtual for the first time, all virtual. And that was quite the experience that we talked about also on the yeah, show. Yeah, a whole episode devoted to that mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah, so we're, we're getting down here. We <clears> have <throat> a few minutes left on the show. So I'm not sure what else is it. I think you pretty much covered everything that's in the, this recent issue of uh, Blind Canadian. Um, actually, there's a great article. Um, oh, good. Somebody else, somebody else wrote about the edit, our editor. Um, blind. So the article is a blind Canadian senior, right? By Thelma Fail, who we had on the show. Uh, she's a great um, cited ally of the CFB, and uh, she's a writer. So I'm uh, I'm learning a lot from her and from edit the editor Doris um, Belusic. Um, but she wrote this article, her editor, or her, um, she wrote it because she helped editor Doris, um, achieve a creative writing, creative writing degree at the University of Victoria. 
out west there. So basically, she was kind of like her. Uh, what do you call that? You had you have access to that when you go to co- uh, co- college, like a transcriber for notes and things. What do they call that? Oh, just a note taker thing. Note taker. She was basically that. She sort of helped her with that sort of stuff. And right. so Doris got her creative writing degree, and uh, yeah, that's something I've considered for my future too. So she writes this article because she just wants to highlight all the work that Doris put into getting her degree at basically. Um, over 60 years old and what a journey that would be, right? To go back to school at that age, right? It's, 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 yeah, it's quite sure. uh, it's, respectable to, and it's just something to do what to, she did like that. It's something to note for, for everyone and for overall theme too is just no matter how old you are, it's never too late to, to start something new. And as a blind person, that really ties in mm-hmm. because we get set in certain ways that we're blind, you can't do this or that, but just be open to, to, to changing your perspective and realizing that maybe if it's something you truly want to do, maybe there is a way you can do it. <laughs> Just yeah. a little positive. No, that's true. Uplifting. And that's the thing. Um, Doris has been losing some more sight so that, you know, you got to learn how to, you're intimidated and you don't think you can keep up and then you get to know your professors and you, you make an impression and uh, she has a writing degree and nobody can take that away from her now depending on it doesn't matter what age you're at absolutely so so i think that's a great nice little article you know they have a really lovely friendship and everything and the way they help each other out yeah so check that out the blind canadian go to cfb.ca to find it and as we wrap things up looking on to next week's episode which we briefly mentioned earlier on well, I was just going to say, uh, um, in the beginning of this article that Thelma writes, she references uh, James Brown, that, uh, what is that song? Papa's Got a Brand New Bag, or what is that song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, sort of the generation that she was from, but um, yeah, you're a James Brown fan, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, go, on, the, on the theme of music, we have a kind of a few musical uh, episodes coming up, sort of. Oh, um, good. Yeah. But um, so next week, we are going to talk about a book called Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. And that is a song title, if you're not familiar with. uh, It's not a song title. It's a song lyric. Oh, I thought it was the name of the song. I don't know if we should say the name of the song, should we? Or should you just say the lyric once more and we'll wrap it up there? Yeah, no, I don't even know it, apparently. So it's Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. So. It's an interesting book that I'm in the middle of reading, and we'll talk about it next week with our friend Barry. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.